0: First Peter chapter 4, let's look at verse 7. The Bible says, but the end of all things is at hand, therefore be serious, everybody say serious, and watchful in your prayers. Peter tells the church, you need to be watchful in your prayers. You need to get serious about this Christian journey because the end of everything is at hand. Didn't take a prophet to tell you that. You could have cut on the news this morning and you would have realized, sounds like the clock is ticking faster and louder. The end is nigh. And you need to get ready and prepared for the end. They used to say about people who used to live in the streets and do street life, you don't have time to get ready. You just need to be ready. That's why the verse says, therefore, be serious. It didn't say go ahead and get start to possibly maybe on Sunday after you done ate dinner and get some things to get serious. It says the end is at hand. Be serious. Say, I'm going to be serious. We asked you last week, who is the most serious Christian you know? Told you I was at a service and the man of God was teaching. Wasn't this church, it was a different church. And the pastor of that church wasn't preaching. It was a guest pastor out of Texas. And he said, who is the most serious Christian you know? Think about that person. And we all thought about that person. And then he followed up with the second question. Are you that serious? Think about the one that's the most serious one you know, and are you that serious? And for most people in the room and on live, thank you for watching, the answer is no, I'm not that serious. Maybe I am even serious about some things, but I'm not that serious. Well, the Bible says be serious. So even if I'm not as serious as they are, what I need to do between here and the clock ticking out is be serious. It's In other words, don't look at people and put them on such a great pedestal that you make it impossible in your mind to get to where they are. Jesus, or rather God said, I think it's Isaiah 55, my thoughts are not your thoughts and my ways are not your ways. Just like how heaven is high above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways. But he never said in the text, evangelist, that we couldn't get up to where he is. In fact, the Bible says, I think it's in Ephesians, he's made us to sit with him in heavenly places. So it's actually the opposite. Yeah, I am up here and you are thinking down here, but you can come on up. So instead of thinking about those people, I think that might be why it gets quiet. We think about that serious Christian and we realize how far away we are from them. But don't get under condemnation. Instead, let that put some pep in your step to make up whatever lost space, time, and dedication you've been missing so that you can be serious too. I know I was in that service. I was just like you. That's why I'm not judging you tonight. I didn't judge you last week. I was quiet in that service, too, because I was in my heart, like, mm. Man, I got to I gotta work on this. I got to work on that. I got to stop spending more time here and, and get more time in the word of God. I am a whole senior pastor. Ain't nothing partial about this job that the Lord has given me. I'm running this race. You know that lady sing that song, I've been running for Jesus a long time and I'm not tired yet. I'm not tired of running for the Lord, but isn't a little tired running around here. I know I'm not the only one. I know I'm not. Y'all better talk to me on a Wednesday night. I know I'm not the only one that every now and again get a little weary to be on duty and in uniform and on position and, and And looking right and sounding right. And you would love to be able to turn over and pick up the phone and say, hey, I'm not going to make it tonight. I need some time. But there's a calling on your life. And where you would have stayed in and under covers and, and locked away in the dark, there was a calling. It is God who shed the light, who commanded the light to shine in the darkness, who has shed the light of the gospel in our hearts. Paul says, I got to teach the gospel i got to teach the gospel. Ushers who usher, i got to serve the people. Deacons who care, I've got to care for the people. Musicians who play, i got to play for the Lord. i got to use what God gave me while I have a chance. It's not the time to start getting your head down and feeling condemned. This is the time to throw your shoulders back and say, no, I ain't there today, but just watch me because in tomorrow's time, I'll be where I need to be. Say out loud, I'm going to get serious. Let's go to Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. Philippians chapter 3. I I had some other areas. I gave you one last week talking about being dedicated to the word of God. But I I wanted to show you this because this verse came up in my spirit to share with you just to add to this. And then I'm going to move on forward uh, just to reinforce that. Philippians chapter 3, verse 12. This is in the Passion Translation. This is the Apostle Paul who's writing this. The Apostle Paul, this is what he says. I admit that I have not acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. Everybody say, wow. I'm going to read it again. I admit that I haven't yet acquired the absolute fullness that I am pursuing. Everybody say, wow. Wow. You, you, this, this, is, this is the Apostle Paul. This is Paul who saw the risen Christ on the road to Damascus, knocked off of his horse and heard audibly like you hear me coming through this microphone. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? This is Saul who started out as a teacher in the early church and then the spirit of God spoke to Peter and John and said, separate unto me. Paul and Barnabas lay hands on them and send them out. That's what apostle means. Send them out so that they can do the work that I have called them to do. This is the apostle Paul who was bit by the viper that was poisonous and instead of dying, he shook the viper off into the flame. This is the apostle Paul who was preaching the gospel in the town square. They dragged him to the outside of the town. They stoned him, and he died. But because his race was not won, the Spirit raised him up. And he got up and went right back to the place where they dragged him from and kept on preaching. It is this Apostle Paul who says, I admit I have yet acquired the absolute fullness that I'm pursuing. But look at what he says. But I run with passion into this abundance so that I may reach the purpose for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me and made me his own. Uh, In other words, I'm going to lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus laid hold of me. I'm going to possess the thing he set me out to possess. There was a reason why God saved you. There was a reason why God called you out of darkness. There was a reason why all your other friends are still in some nightclub line and you are in your Bible studying before bedtime. There is a reason why all the other people are elbow deep in liquor and you are taking communion packets on first Sunday. There is a reason and Paul says whatever that reason was, I'm going to keep running until I lay hold of it because there's a reason why God laid. Laid hold of me. Can I give you some things that's the general for everybody? God laid hold of you so that you could be healed. Paul says, I every now and again I get a little ache in me, but I'm gonna keep on running because he laid hold of me so that I would be healed. So I might be hunched over today, but I'm gonna keep running with patience, bishop, because after a while I'm gonna lay hold to that healing. Can I give you another thing that's general? God laid hold of you so that you would be prosperous so that you wouldn't have to live paycheck to paycheck. 85% of the country is one check away from being homeless. The devil is a liar. It's time to shut down the demon of debt. It's time to shut down the demon of poverty. And I know you listening to me right now might be in between that check and check. But keep running with passion because eventually you're going to lay hold of life and life more abundantly even in your money. Paul says, no, no, I, ain't. I, I don't want you to get the wrong idea. I'm not there yet. But I'm going to keep running. Find somebody close to you and help me preach this and say, I'm going to keep running. I, I'm going to keep running. I'm gonna, I am gonna. get tired sometimes, but I'm going to keep running. I might. You might see me on the side trying to catch my breath, but I'm going to keep. Don't you count me out. Even if I'm running and I trip and I fall, the prophet Micah said, Do not rejoice over me, O oh my enemy, for though I have fallen, yet shall I rise. I ain't made it just yet, but I'm going to dust myself off, and I'm going to keep going. Then he says, let's click on verse 13. I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this. Everybody say, whew because you was thinking you had to do it all by yourself. I don't depend on my, I will let my own self down. I depend on Jesus to get me from point A to point B. This is where you've got to get to as a serious Christian. Everything I do involves Jesus. It was Jesus who called me out of darkness. It was Jesus who died on the cross for my sin. It was Jesus who went into hell and suffered on my behalf. It was Jesus who rose again on the third day. It was Jesus who said now go out and teach this gospel. It was Jesus who ascended up high and sat at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will judge the living and the dead. It is Jesus who fulfills all in all. It was Jesus who holds everything together by the word of his power. It is in Jesus that I live and move and have my being if I'm ever going to win this race it's gonna be Jesus who helps me get there somebody shout Jesus Paul says, I don't depend on my own strength to accomplish this, but however, I do have one compelling focus. You need to get one compelling focus. I know we all got 15 different things we set out to do in the new year. You need to get one compelling focus. Can we get one thing finished? Y'all remember that word, finished? Can we get just one thing checked off the list? Then you can move down to the next thing and let the next thing become your one thing. Paul says, I ain't there yet. Now, I want you to get the wrong idea I remember Steve Harvey had a, a comedy show he did at Megafest for T.D. Jakes and it was don't trip he ain't through with me yet y'all remember that some of y'all remember that we went to go see that that was like 2004 in Atlanta he said don't trip he ain't through with me yet and everybody was nervous cuz Steve Harvey hadn't been long time saved I don't know if Steve Harvey's saved right now but he he wasn't long time saved at that show and everybody was nervous that he was gonna cuss at T.D. Jakes's event and he told everybody I don't want y'all to think I don't know how to handle myself don't trip he ain't through with with me yet, he said. Oh, I know how I know how not to cuss, but but don't be don't trip on me now, because I might still mess you up once we get up out of here. He's not done with me yet, and I think we can all take a sigh of relief to know God doesn't expect you to have it all together tonight. He knows exactly where you are. He knows your ups. He knows your downs. He knows your strengths. He knows your weaknesses. And here I'm so grateful that the Apostle Paul says, I'm going to be transparent. I'm going to expose some things. And I'm going to tell you that I, an apostle of the Lord Jesus Christ and bondservant of his name and a servant to his glory, I have not made it yet. But I got one thing that gets me up every morning. I got one thing that keeps me going every morning. I got one thing, that one compelling focus that when I'd rather quit and die as a failure that says get up and try again, he says I forget all of the past. You need to forget all of the, I don't care what happened yesterday, the day before that. Doesn't matter what they did last year. Doesn't matter what you did five years ago. He said I forget all of the past. And I fasten my heart to the future instead. I forgetting those things, King James, that are behind. I press towards the mark. I have to let go of what happened yesterday because there's a something greater in my tomorrow. And the problem with most Christians is we're trying to walk forward, but we're looking backwards. Y'all see how crazy it is? We're trying to go this way, but we're walking this way. Now, what's going to happen if I keep going? I'm going to run into something, and that's where so many of us are. We have run into depression. We've run into anger management. We've run into sexual abuse because we were so focused on what happened yesterday. We could not realize God was really trying to get us out of the way of some mess and onto his prize. I'm teaching this better than y'all letting on. The apostle Paul says, I ain't, I ain't made it yet, but what keeps me getting up out of bed every day, what keeps me from killing myself for letting God down another again is the simple fact that I can make a decision to let go of the past. It's really just that, whoop, I, I, I missed it up right there, but Lord, I forget what's in the past, and I'm going to move forward to what you have in front. I'm looking towards the future. Say, I'm looking to the future. Oh, fool, you say, I'm on my way to heaven, and I'm certainly enjoying the trip. I'm looking forward to what's in the future. I am not the best pastor today, but boy, wait till next month. I'm going to be a whole nother level. It might not be the best usher team tonight, but wait till next year. Might not be the building that we want it to be this year, but keep on going. Forget the past and keep it moving. I got to move on for time's sake. Verse fifteen, uh, verse 14, it says, I run straight for the divine invitation of reaching the heavenly goal and gaining the victory prize through the anointing of Jesus. In other words, I forget the past and I set my sight on what's in front of me so that I can cross the finish line. So that I can cross the finish line. Yeah, I might have messed up today, but I'm going to run this thing to where I win this race tomorrow. It, to me, it reminds me of video gamers. Anybody who ever knows anything about video gaming, it, you most likely, when you get to the new level, you're going to die in the first 30 seconds. Because you didn't realize that there was a trap on the level. You didn't realize. You knew how to beat the last level because you practiced it so much. Then when you get to the next level, you get up there and you move and then a giant boulder comes and crushes you. And you respawn and you start over. I didn't know that the boulder was going to be right there. I I didn't know that it was going to trick me like that. I didn't know that a super enemy was going to show up like that. I was not expecting it to go down like that. But that's okay. I'm going to try again. I'm going to try again. Every game my parents ever bought me and the ones I've been able to buy for myself, I didn't beat it the first time I played it, but I eventually beat it. I eventually beat it, and honestly, if you're going to tell the truth, shame the devil It's a waste of money because once I beat it, it don't interest me no more. That's a word in somebody. Once I have beat the game, it doesn't entice me anymore. I, I've all, if I ever go back to play it, it's just to remember how I felt when I beat it the first time. Some of us are on some levels and we've cut the game off. We've stopped participating. And what God is trying to encourage you tonight about being serious is cut the game back on and keep trying until you get it. If it messed you up the first time, make sure it don't mess you up the second time. Doesn't there say something in there? Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph through our Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, I'm going to get that prize and it's going to be through the anointed one and his anointing that I get there. Verse number 15, this is the part that I like. So let all who are fully mature, let all who are fully mature have this same passion. What passion? To forget and press forward. What passion? To be serious. Let everybody, I could read it to you this way and it would be biblically biblically accurate. Let every person who is serious be serious like I'm serious. Let every person who is serious not give up just because there is adversity, but be compelled to get up and try it again. And if anybody is not yet gripped by these desires, God's going to reveal it to you. I ain't stressing myself to try to figure out why don't they get it God is going to reveal it to you in his own time when you decide you're going to let go of your hard heart and let the heart surgeon Jesus work on what he got to work on and bypass the trouble and the heart failure and the depression and connect you into something that's going to give you life and life more abundantly then you'll be as serious as I am or as serious as that most serious Christian that you know is but until then you in God's time but as for me I kind of feel like Joshua I don't know what y'all gonna do but as for me in my house we gonna serve the Lord Uh, for me and everything that we got going on we gonna be serious say out loud I'm gonna be serious I'm running to the end and let us all advance together Let us all advance together to reach this victory prize, following one path, one path with one passion. Following this one path with one passion. There's one path, Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way. See, we got too many ways, too many options out there today. Half the reason why it take you all so long to figure out where you're going to go eat on Sunday is there's too many options church let out at 1135. That means, that's right, I know what That means it started at 11 and it ended 35 minutes later and we would be here until 415 trying to figure out where are we going to eat. There's too many options. Too many options. I remember growing up, we had one option, grandma's house. You didn't have to ask where you're going. And if you were smart, you packed a change of clothes because otherwise you was going to be in a shirt and tie all day long until you had to come back for Bible study. Anybody remember having to come back to church at night for a Bible study on a Sunday? Didn't nobody care that the game was on. You're going to have to bump that game off, get in your car, and get in here to be in there for Bible study. That's if you were serious. Thank you mother. I got five dollars. I'm gonna give it to you. Mother Mother say you preaching. I felt that one. That was better than this tea right here. I can go on a little further but, but, but the, I, we have too many options. We've convinced people by our silence that they have options for salvation and you don't have an option for salvation. There's only one name given unto men under heaven whereby we can be saved, and it is Jesus. Romans thirteen ten. but whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord, not Allah, not Buddha, not cannabis, not, not lean, not scissor, not alcohol, not Hennessy, not the club, not the lemon's name, not the God's name, not the government's name, not the president's name, whoever calls on the name of the Lord, Jesus shall be saved. Paul says, you got to go after this thing following one path. That path is Jesus. That path is Jesus. Lift your hands. Let's pray that right there. Jesus, show me your path. In every area. Don't miss one. Show me where you are. And I will follow. Help me, Holy Spirit, to follow after Jesus. Amen. He says, one path with one passion. Do you know what level of passion you need? A serious passion. A serious passion. I am, and many of us have kind of reached this in different areas. I'm a teacher. I teach. I'm serious about my students. I'll fight you over them over them kids. Yeah, they get on my nerves, and I'll be ready to fight them, but don't you try to fight them because now you don't cry. I'm serious about my children. I'm serious about this church. You know, how many, you know how many hours I've spent here? I know, I know some of y'all know because y'all be calling me, Pastor, you all right? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm just in here being serious. I'm just in here being serious. How many times we do we get me with that one? Like, we got to come out night after night. and, and we gotta, You know, I've been, there have been weeks, plural, where I've been here every day of the week. Monday, Sunday to Sunday. And Sunday ain't no day off, especially if I had to preach. I've, I've preached on Sunday morning and had to go someplace else and preach Sunday night, and again it went. But that's because I'm serious, serious enough to come early and leave late. I'm teaching this now. I'm teaching good here, I, I, enough to go the extra mile, enough to come from one job looking one kind of way with a change of clothes in the office or in the car, so that when I get here, I can be in appropriate attire for you all to handle the pure gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because I'm serious. I don't come in with a meeting, and I'm not saying that, and don't get, don't get into religion on how you dress, but, you know, you ought to dress in a certain way when you come to church. You ought to have a little dignity about yourself when you come to church. Shouldn't be just all thrown together. It shouldn't just look like you just rolled out of bed, did this number with your hair, and y'all know we ain't got that kind of hair. Just, just to roll out the bed and just be like, ta-da, I'm here. Get somewhere and shower. You ever sat beside somebody in church who did not shower that morning? Act like you got some sin. Comb your hair. Do it right. Nowadays, some people, especially, especially women, they got about eight, nine different hairstyles sitting in the closet looking at them. So they can put this in a ponytail and put something else on, on top of it. Comb your hair. You don't have to put on all the makeup looking like Bozo the Clown. But you ought to freshen it up a little bit because you ain't coming to see me. You're coming to see God. Brothers, every now and again, you all to put on a shirt and tie. Every now and again. I'm not saying do it every so, but every now and again because I'm coming for Jesus. I'll dress it up. I'll dress, if I don't do it but once a month, Lord, this, this day right here is for you. Well, I just, I just don't like suits. You know what I don't like? I don't like a lot of things, but I'm serious enough to endure it. The apostles did not like being beaten mercilessly for the gospel, but they endured it because they were serious. And when they finished getting beat with the same kind of weaponry that they beat Jesus with, Beaten, battered, bruised, and bloody. Bishop, they went back to the other people in the church. And when everybody was like, oh, oh, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And and are you okay? They fixed their mouths to say, I am so happy that I was worthy enough to bear in my body the same scars that Jesus bared on his. Who responds like that? And they're inches away from death. Somebody who is serious. If we're going to be a strong church, I didn't get through half of these notes. If I'm going to be a strong church, if I'm going to propel us forward, I don't mean me personally, I mean you. If you're going to propel you in your life and us collectively as a church at Zion, if we're going to go forward, got to wake up. got to get serious. Gotta get serious. Gotta get serious enough to wake up at 5:45 on Sunday morning to roll over and punch in a couple of numbers to get on a prayer call where the saints who are effectually praying are gonna get some results because they decided to be serious. Oh well, I'm tired. You know what? You get serious enough, your tired will fade away. And I want you to take this part as I close. It's only the serious who get results. If I was a psalmist, I would say, Selah, sit quietly and and think on it. Only the serious people. Think about the most serious Christians you know and all the stories they've told you about their walk with God. Only the serious get results. Only the people who, who seriously work out and drink their water and eat their vet, only they get to see the results. When it comes to the things of God, Above all, everything else, I want results. I want results. And the way that I get results, truly, just like Paul told you, it's not in dotting every I. It's not in crossing every T. It's in a heart posture. I'm going to win this race. I'm I'm not going to let this thing shut down without me having a trophy in my hand. I'm going to be serious. I told you, uh, and if they have that slide, you can put that up, and then we'll close. Close with this that slide with those four or five things that takes it to be serious. Serious Christians are dedicated to the Word. Y'all to get in your Bible more this week. Y'all to get in your Bible more this week. I listened to more messages last week uh, than I did in the week before that. After preaching this first that first installation to you, be dedicated to prayer. Dedicated to prayer. And you know, the Lord lead us, Bishop, we'll be able to talk about what kind of prayer we're talking about. Just don't just be reciting stuff, but get a spirit-led prayer. Get a spirit-led prayer. Be dedicated to witnessing and be dedicated to living the way God says or living by God's standards. That's what every Paul could tell you. If he was here, he would tell you, I'm not perfect. I hadn't done it all yet. I know I done started all these churches and and all the books that all you little preachers preach from. You quoting my stuff and owe me copyright money. I understand that. But I need you to know I haven't made it yet. But I'm dedicated to his word. I'm dedicated. And you'll read where Paul says things like, I always make mention of you in all my prayers. He he was dedicated to prayer. He was dedicated to witnessing. Do you know Paul shared Jesus with the man who was in charge of his execution? King Agrippa. And the Bible says, King Agrippa said, after hearing Paul, you almost convinced me to be a Christian. Every person you witness to is not going to become a Christian. But some plant and some water and God gets the increase. Just because this person doesn't change the day I'm talking to them doesn't mean I don't talk to them. Paul was dedicated, and then Paul was dedicated to living by God's standards. Romans 12, 2, he told them, don't be conformed to the culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. I want to be serious. Bow your heads, close your eyes. Let me pray. Father, we love you. We give you praise. We give you glory. We give you honor. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that we can be serious about you and your kingdom. In every way that we've been serious about this world, about our flesh, about our own little stuff, and not about you, forgive us. Take that away from us because we want results. Supernatural manifestations of your word. Show us your hand in a mighty way help us to be serious dedicated to the word dedicated to prayer dedicated to witnessing and dedicated to your standard we give you praise and we call it done in jesus name we pray amen amen put your hands together if you love the lord